0: Most of the value, value there is not, it's coming from novelty, it's coming from, oh, it's on the blockchain, it's new, in quotes. Uh, so people are buying it up and, you know, they're engaging in it. But by itself, in terms of digital artwork, it's it's not drastically changing the way that the creative marketplace operates by itself, right? Because people would have been commissioning digital art for ages at this point. Um, if you take a, take a peek into Looking at um, digital other digital creatives, they've made an entire brand and business off of it. So they commission art, they have a Patreon where you get subscription fees. You have merch. There's an entire pipeline for this. And from what I understand, from my looking over everything, not seeing where the advent of crypto dramatically changes how that works. And this is not even going into the negatives, the environmental impact, and etc.
1: You're listening to the Digital Jamaica Podcast, the show where we deep dive topical issues around tech to uncover opportunities we can leverage to earn. I'm your host, Katie Francis, and on today's show, you're going to be hearing a conversation I had with Glenn Henry. Glenn is the founder and project director of Sprite Ridge Studios, a micro games development outfit based in Kingston, Jamaica. He's also the head of the Jamaica Game Developer Society, where he is working on the growth of the regional game development sector. Now, Glenn is one of my favorite people to talk to in the tech space because I know that what I'm going to get is a very thought out, nuanced, considered perspective that is useful or insightful And so I had to pull him into this conversation because supposedly one of the industries that are most impacted by Web3 is the gaming industry. And I wanted to find out if that is really the case or if that's just a part of the hype. And he has some thoughts. (laughs) He has hesitations and misgivings, especially where it relates to the sustainability of Web3, the environmental impact of Web3, and how Web3 applications like blockchain tend to create problems that have already been solved by existing technologies. And so for for those reasons... He's not. He's just not impressed with the current state of that space. He's a computer scientist, so he's really interested in you know new technologies, and he's not dismissing Web three outright. But as far as he's concerned, there there already exist better, more sustainable ways for gamers to one secure their brands and um, earn. So that's the conversation we're diving into in this episode. Is Web3 useful, particularly to the gaming sector, or is it much ado about a hype, a promised neverland? Let's get into it.
0: Hi, my name is Glenn Henry, face and fingers behind Sprite Wrench Studios, which is a micro game development studio based out of Kingston, Jamaica. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: And thanks for being here, Glenn. Now, I I wanted you to be a part of this conversation because I would have been in a meeting. Was it a meeting? A conversation that the JTDA had around NFTs. You were one of the panelists, and the conversation was around whether or not this is... I guess it's whether or not this was a good direction for us to go in or if we should be encouraging, whether it's gamers or artists or whatever, to take that route. And your response, I found very interesting. So you weren't saying, no, they shouldn't. Uh, but you, you weren't embracing the idea either. In fact, I think your argument is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, your argument is there. are better ways that mm-hmm. they could earn money online. And I think one of the, the ways you suggested was through subscription.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that was a part of your argument. So I thought that was interesting because as you know, NFTs and the conversation about everybody's excited about this thing, it's kind of taken over. Um, And so I thought your response was like, hmm, here's somebody who's very much in the gaming space, kind of like, I would say an authority on the space at this point, um, certainly given the capacity you operate in as the owner of this uh, Sprite Range Studio and as a part of the, is it the, the Jamaica Game Development Association? Is that what you?
0: Yes, Jam- Jamaica Game Development so- Society. Society. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So you can speak on this thing with some level of authority. So I was like, this is interesting because it's especially um, with NFTs, person saying that, you know, it's really great for gamers, especially, right? And so here you are going. Um, mm, I'm not so sure. Where do you actually come down, uh, on it? And and why do I sense a lack of enthusiasm, Glenn? All right.
0: Um, from my side, it's really. Hmm. I do have an academic interest in the tech. Uh, I'm a computer scientist by, uh, well, education. That's kind of how I went through school and what I was you know, trained in. Mm-hmm. So the idea of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology was interesting, it's a novel concept. Um, where I always kind of lost uh, the thread was looking at use cases. Because a lot of the use cases that are being pushed right now for the technology are not necessarily unique to it, it's not a unique solution. Uh-huh. And in a lot of cases, when you start digging into the tech, it is not necessarily a better solution than what is already in place. Um a lot okay. of uh, developers have to jump through a lot of hoops to recreate some of the base uh, the base functionality that exists right now in web two. Uh-huh. So with that little dose of skepticism, um, hearing a number of people, a number of pundits, a number of um other, you know, big name players within the space, kinda of pushing crypto, blockchain and web three as the next big thing, it kinda of brought brought me to a pause. I'm not gonna say that I know everything, right? I'm not necessarily uh, the most well read, but I keep an eye on the space to kinda of know know what's happening, kinda of see the use cases and so far it still feels like early days. But the uh-huh. tech itself is relatively old at this point in time. I mean, we're talking in blockchain was from like it currently from around like twenty fifteen.
2: Like mm-hmm. it's not
0: it's not just coming up, just popping up in the way that uh some people are advocating.
1: Right. And and so you say one it's it's old technology. Uh two, the, the use cases for you it's not revolutionary. It's not like, oh, wow, this is a completely new way uh, of doing this thing. And we never thought about this before. You're saying what exists now is mm-hmm. actually, it, are you saying it's in some ways better? Or are you saying it's like on par?
0: Um, I'm not necessarily saying it's better. But from the end user perspective, there's no huge difference in utility.
1: All right. Give us an example.
0: Um. For example, uh, health, blockchain health records um, outside of like the legal ramifications of GDPR and things like that, um, because GDPR has a right to forget and blockchain by by definition is immutable and you yeah. have to jump through a couple hoops to kind of make sure that you are, you know, implementing it in a way that's legally compliant, but at the same time, you know, functional. Uh-huh could be achieved with a simple relational database. It doesn't need to be on the blockchain. So in scenarios like that, I kind of wonder what's the utility there. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where my hesitancy around the space comes from. Um, I can imagine other scenarios that you may want to use blockchain, stuff like that have um, perpetual ownership and things to that effect.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: However, if you start digging into weeds, you start spitting hairs on what preferred tech stack or preferred um, implementation you want to do. So, so that's where my general hesitancy, hesitancy around the tech arms um, spawns from. Well,
1: what I've picked up in my conversations with you know, blockchain enthusiasts, persons who support the platform, persons who are developers, um, is one, the immutability of it is apparently a primary feature uh That's one, and two, the security of it is another major major feature, but even above that, I think what the argument is is that it's community based and like mm-hmm. you're cutting out middlemen, and the community will directly benefit from you excluding the middlemen who were kind of they build the platform, but then they exploit the users on the platform for monetary gain and so when you're building applications on the blockchain you're cutting all of that out and you're empowering uh the 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 community um to one be better able to decide and secondly to better able to support whether it's a creator on the platform etc so i think those are some of the the major things that are being touted as to why you know web3 specifically application built on blockchain technology is better or more advanced than the current state of affairs what do you, what do you say about that
0: well to that i kind of and i don't mean to kind of be just you know what actually are but um but a lot of the claims about decentralization and um, openness of the platform are they're there at least the spirit of it is there but in practice I'm not sure how well they hold up because mm-hmm. if we take the premise of decentralization um, the entire idea here is that we're shifting the control out of central authorities right so in mm-hmm. case of stuff like Facebook you know they can't censor you or Twitter, they can't kick you off the platform. Right. But one, those controls exist for a reason. Normally, they are for the benefit of the entire user base or to you know counteract bad actors. So that's the first thing. Thinking, think For example, think about a bank. Somebody stole your credit card and did a transaction. Now, in the current system, you can contact your credit card provider and re- undo that transaction. Mm-hmm. On the blockchain, you don't have that much recourse because, as far as most of these chains are concerned, if you have the wallet, you are the owner. So there's that. And then when you dig deeper into the entire idea of decentralization, that's happening already. What tends to happen with new technologies is they tend to coalesce around the first mover, right? So that's why you see places like um MetaMask. Now it's your wallet talk all of the blockchains. It's now centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, you see. Places like the storefronts, all of them are like open seat, They're centralized there. Um, so it's just a nature of adoption. You're going to coalesce around these central players. So it's happening again, regardless of the intent. Um, then you start speaking about, you know, the community and building together. And I agree with that, because as a computer scientist, I'm very much interested in the idea of open source. A lot of my own tech stack is based on open source technology. The web is built off of the back of open source technology, and that is technology that, you know, is maintained by the community and, you know, everyone commits to submitting bugs and such and is um, legally protected in such a way that no single entity can just take it up and own it and lock everybody else out. That's the entire idea of copyright. Sorry, copyleft is the actual term and policies like um, creative commons and such. That's the entire point, right? From what I've seen, uh, most blockchains don't necessarily maintain that. That's not what they're trying to maintain. And when they speak about building in open and building for the community, they're actually speaking about interoperability, meaning moving key assets or transferring assets rather than through a central authority, so so I turn this back to like a a game. So rather than transferring a a sword that you got uh, from an RPG to another player, you have to go through the code for the game, you would, you know, just transfer like the NFT. While that is great as an idea, in practice, that NFT still relies on the base game there's very little incentive for a developer to support nfts or other assets crypto assets from another game in their own game so you can't really transfer one from the other normally there are a lot of hoops you would have to jump through and mm-hmm. while there may be a business case because i've talked about it myself in terms of you know why, as a developer, you'd want to do something like that. Most projects probably wouldn't. So those two points are sticky for me because, again, I agree with the initial intent. It's great. But in practice, I'm not necessarily seeing the gains that uh, a lot of people are promising.
1: So so pretty much what you're saying is it's not as decentralized as we think it is. Mm Mm-hmm and two there is there is little recourse and and three there there's little impetus then for community or integration yeah the pushback could be especially as it relates to you know the immutability part because you're saying that you know once you have the wallet you're considered the owner but if it's a if it's a case where it's theft and you're stealing um wouldn't that w- wouldn't that ownership change because if i was originally registered on the blockchain as the owner you stole that um and the the premise is the information cannot be changed so i will forever be considered the owner on the blockchain how is it possible to steal. Well, if I, and I'm coming from a layman's terms here, and I'm trying just trying to make sense of it, if you understand what I'm saying.
0: Well, the thing is, when you are described as an owner on the blockchain, real and true, for you is that code, your wallet code. That is what it yeah. is. Right? There's okay. no link between that code to you as a person. That's just oh So there's code. no
1: KDF Francis address, age date of birth and then code. There's nothing like it. It's just a code. It's just a code.
0: And then that is what you use uh-huh. to kind of, you know, that's your wallet. That's what you use to um, hold how many of whatever cryptocurrency that you have or whatever other NFTs that are, that are attached to you. Um, mm-hmm. That's the thing. So what's what, what what's been happening with, all, with a number of, um, you mentioned security earlier, what's ha- been happening with a lot of um, attacks specifically within the crypto space is that people use exploits and either drain the contents of your wallet outright right or mm-hmm. capture your wallet and trade away your assets or things like that oh and wow. then once it happens it's more or less gone there, there are steps that are taken to recover because i think open does have some form of policy and they've done certain steps but the very act of taking those actions go against the tenant of decentralization, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because yeah, now you understand. have an authority um, dictating to you.
1: Stepping uh, in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I yeah, understand. That, and, and, you know, thinking about it, that makes sense. Uh, and one of the arguments I had from the beginning was you can never fully realize decentralization, because as a user, I can't I don't know nothing about web development. So I can't create my own platform. The the, the point is there can never be full decentralization in a world where most of us are users, not mm-hmm. creators or builders of these platforms. It that made sense in my lay my brain. I don't know as a professional, as a computer scientist, if that sounds differently to you, but that, that was my Original thought that somebody has to create these platforms, mm-hmm. and as the creator of these platforms, you retain some form of ownership of these platforms,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and your your just the fact of that means it cannot be fully decentralized. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, kind of, but the, the counter argument to that is a lot of these um a lot of these entities, these crypto entities, they operate in such a way that um ownership of the project is normally split up. So if you have an if you have an NFT project, you are minting the NFTs, and the contract that you've written for that normally points back to your wallet for whatever. Is that industry. a
1: smart contract? It's a smart contract,
0: right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you own the NFT, meaning it's not going to have uh, reside in your wallet or anything to that effect.
1: Is, it, is the idea then that I, I, in my own philanthropic wisdom, I built this platform and I'm, and I'm going to then give it to the people and then they decide what happens with the platform? Because that's how it sounds to me when I hear people talk about blockchain. It's like somebody build it and just say, hey, you guys can have it and do with it what you will. But that's not necessarily how it works, is it?
0: Not really. And that's the thing that we had to... I guess that's kinda of leading to what you're trying to say. Um, the platforms themselves are not decentralized. In order to operate, they have to have some form of control. It's not the to, to the point of like an open source project where anybody can fork it and do whatever they want. There there still has to be somebody who owns the domain name, who pays the pays um the domain name fees, who, you know, sets everything else up. That is not uh um, community-run
1: thing, right? Yeah, it's not. So where does the decentralization part come in? Is it just decentralization of information?
0: It's decentralization of, and I guess this is where things get murky and people can get kind of confused. It's decentralization in terms of the chain and the actors on the chain. So, for intents and purposes, open source, sorry, open C, right, is not a blockchain. They right. a marketplace that leverages the Ethereum on blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. They, they leverage it. They allow, they manage transactions and etc. In theory, mm-hmm. you could do all of those transactions without OpenSea. But OpenSea just adds value. It adds utility by centralizing everything and allowing you to, you know, put up an auction and having a secure user base. And that is where all the value comes from
1: but what you just said is is again i think where my thought process really is because fine the the blockchain itself decentralized no problem that's great but the blockchain is just a, a operating platform would you would you say that's correct for
0: lack of a better word you, we can call it for that. lack
1: of a better word right and so on top of that operating platform you have applications so as the end user i'm really only seeing the applications right that's correct Right. So going back to the example of OpenSea again, Mm -hmm. right? So OpenSea allows you to mint NFTs and sell NFTs like a marketplace or a store, as you call it, right? Mm -hmm. But then what what the application can do is a very different thing. It's it's separate and apart from what the, the system is that it runs on. Not so? Yeah. So... Going back to the whole idea of decentralization, and I really don't mean to harp on this point, but you know when you have a little niggling thing and you're trying to make it make sense to you, Mm -hmm. here you have an application operating on top of a system that is supposed to be decentralized or is decentralized, but the application itself cannot be decentralized because in order to maintain the integrity of your application, you're going to have to put certain security measures in place. And this is where the authoritativeness comes in. Mm-hmm. right you may even have to do some kind of censorship
2: mm-hmm.
1: right because you're trying to protect your user base so in that way, it is not decentralized and in and in that way the same censorship complaint that you, you keep hearing with 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 blockchain comes back in again, because either way you cut the cookie or slice the cookie or bake the cookie, I don't, all right, let's not talk about cookies. (laughs) The way that works, right? Some authority has to be there to come in and protect people from themselves, one. And two, protect people from others. That's how all systems work, no?
0: I mean, ideally, yes. I mean, you could offer the system without
1: those authoritative controls. And then what would happen to the system? the users get what they don't get. Right. So in in order to maintain the integrity of a system, these other things are necessary.
0: Yes.
1: At least that's the argument, that it's it's necessary to have security measures and protocols and some kind of central authority in place to make sure, Mm -hmm. right, that one, not just protecting the integrity of the system, but the persons who are using the system. Mm -hmm. Can we ever not have that in a system?
0: Well, it depends on the service and the system in question, because there are some cases where you don't necessarily need those that level of oversight. In a in a civilized society, we want that kind of control because that is kind of what we are expecting when we're consuming goods and trading things like that, right? But
1: and we and we know how humans are and how we interact, and that there will always be bad actors. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Right. But.
0: There are discrete transactions that would benefit from that kind of immutability without that oversight. And they're very, 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 very narrow. And that is where I start losing, um, that level of, um, enthusiasm for crypto. Because finding those niche cases are, is increasingly hard because they're not, they are technical, not end user problems. They're not going to benefit you. As a, as, a, as a layman, from, from your viewpoint, it's going to look exactly the same. But from the back end, right, there might be something that needs that kind of value. Um, I can think of, if I have to go really, really, really deep, um, voting. That's a single action transaction, right? Um, you don't want to redo it. You don't want an authority to be able to change your vote after the fact, right? And it's a one-way transaction. It's going one way. That is something that you can think of feasibly, like you could probably...
1: Yeah, but there's an electoral authority for a reason.
0: There's electoral authority to manage the integrity overall, but they're not doing the type of actions that uh, that um w- would warrant you to throw out votes, destroy votes, edit votes, that type of... This, like, those type of things are what would be... You know, you wouldn't need that. For, yeah. That you would need to do all of that.
1: Right, but, but having an oversight the- body. <laughs> having an oversight body doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to change something or having a central authority doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to change something. Having a central authority is there because earlier you talked about recourse. Having a central authority is sometimes there to ensure that the process is fair, mm-hmm. that the process is transparent, mm-hmm. that there is an actual process that we can point to because one of the things that is important in, in terms of human interaction and this is a, this, this is one of the reasons why we do have central authorities a lot of the times, is because there has to be buying from the people. No, the people have to trust that the system works the way we say it work or the, the way they say it work, right? Mm-hmm. And so there are certain things that has to be in place. You have the saying of, uh, um, that justice must not just be done, but must be seen to be done. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. The process must be seen to be done for people to trust that the process is doing what it is supposed to do and it must be it must be seen to work so people can have trust and faith in the process because if there's no trust and faith in any of the processes our society is going to collapse and that's just what that is, right? And so you have these central authorities in place to say listen we regulate this thing to make sure that there's free and fair elections that you can go out and you can vote and you can trust that if you vote for x party or x thing Mm -hmm. right your vote is going to count towards the thing because that was your intention Mm -hmm. that was your original intention no they're not going to reverse the vote but there are protocols in place in case again bad actors come in who wants to you know fraudulently vote you have people. You have we have a big situation when people, dead people are voting and all mm-hmm. that good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I know President Trump was complaining about that. So these are the things that these these are the reasons why authorities are in place. It's not necessarily to reverse something, but to prevent it from happening or to as best as possible put protocols in place to address. Think of possible scenarios where the systems could be jeopardized and then put security measures in place to either uh, uh, address the situation or as best as possible mitigate.
0: Yeah, but what I was kind of trying to showcase with that one example is that the authority does not necessarily need to act on the transaction itself. So even if it is to prevent bad actors, sure but there's nature the nature of the system is built in such a way that bad actors are it's hard to just duplicate say if if there are a fixed number of nFTs you can't just duplicate nFTs and spoof other people because each NFT is now unique and tied, tied to like a particular person and it can't be one one you you're making it harder for that transaction to be um, spoofed. But again, that's a very narrow, very specific and very um, n- niche um, niche use. And at the end of the day, as an end user, it changes nothing for your experience.
1: Yeah. You see, Grant, I'm afraid I've put you in a position to defend. No, it's not. Uh, like I said, I'm a moderate, you know. I do appreciate you indulging me. It's just something that was in the back of my head that I, I, I wanted to, you know, get a resolution for but uh no
0: it's fine like i said i'm interested in the tech right yeah right and i do think there is a case i'm just not sure what the use case is and most of the yeah and most of the examples that i've heard um are you normally done by other systems and normally have a reason for that level of oversight and authority right Mm -hmm. so that's where my hesitancy comes around Really, Mm -hmm. for that aspect, and then when it start speaking to uh, the other use cases like NFTs and and etc.,
1: most of the value Mm
0: -hmm. value there is not. It's coming from novelty. It's coming from oh, it's on the blockchain. It's new, in quotes. Uh, So people are buying it up, and you know Mm -hmm. they're engaging in it. But by itself, in terms of digital artwork, it's it's not drastically changing the way that the creative marketplace operates by itself. Right. Because people would have been commissioning digital art for ages at this point. Um, if you take a, take a peek into looking at, um, digital, other digital creatives, they've made an entire brand and business off of it. So they make commissioned art. They have a patron where you get subscription, recurring subscription fees. You have merch. There's an entire pipeline for this. And from what I understand from my looking over everything, not seeing where the advent of crypto dramatically changes how that works, uh-huh. and this is not even going into the negatives, the ne- environmental impact, and etc. The
1: environmental impact?
0: Yeah, so there are a concern around the more popular blockchains and their um, environmental impact, their electrical use, right?
1: I didn't even think about that.
0: It's it's a point that I tend to not bring up in discussions because it gets hand waved away. Because yes. there's a very a very long argument longstanding argument that Ethereum is switching over from what's it proof of work to proof of stake it hasn't happened yet but that has been the um to- that's what that has been saying it's coming soon so the environment What does that unfair. mean
2: though
0: um don't want to get too difficult build too much into the into the into the integrity but the core of it is basically um when you are generating a token you have to expend a large amount of energy uh, uh-huh. solving these really complex problems in order to generate one token um, and developing, um, you know, to gain consensus to ensure that you earn that token, etc. And because of how the code is set up, that those problems are just going to get harder and harder and harder and harder until you hit the um, number, the cap on circulation. So it's just yeah. going to cost more and more and more and more money. And what has that has encouraged people to do is like buy up all of these graphic graphics cards and rent out um these offices in uh other third world countries and just mine tokens forever. So that is a huge electrical cost just to generate a token. And that 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 is a different discussion. It's yeah. It's just something to be aware of. For sure.
1: Uh, And thanks for explaining that, because I know that was like a "Ah." (laughs) ha. But um, we can go back to what you said about, you know, digital art and artists have been around for a a while now,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: working on commissions and, you know, having uh, patrons and subscription base. So do you think that's a more, uh, for want of a better word, stable, Or sustainable way of earning as a digital artist, as opposed to NFT. Or do you think that yes, this is one, this is a these are tried and tested ways, right, and they work. mm -hmm. Um, and NFT is just another avenue or another stream of income. Where do you come down? I mean, it
0: it is really and truly that it just becomes another stream. So you can get commission, you you can get a commission. Um, for a piece, which is whatever your rate is, $50, $200, $400, whatever it is. Um, and then, depending on whatever agreement you have in place with your, um, whoever commissioned you, you can meet the NFTs and sell it as a limited edition run the same way you can commission. Sorry, you can, um, print the prints, a limited edition prints, physical print of the same piece of work and things like that. So that's why a lot of artists are treating it. However, 'cause of the environmental stuff I mentioned before, as well as some of the more unsavory um practices that are happening around NFTs, it has a very bad perception for the regular user, the end user. And as a result, you might tarnish your brand if you, you know, dive headfirst into NFTs. I know a couple of artists who've announced that they're going to whatever, whatever um platform. And they say it's not Ethereum, it's a smaller blockchain. So it has less of a um, less environmental impact, etc. But regardless, there you have it might be a minority, but you see a lot of fans just push back against that. A lot of people who have followed and engaged with this artist and you know been fans of their brand just jump share just because of NFTs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and I guess this is also going to eventually circle back to like things like uh, for gaming, I know that um, Kickstarter has been doing a push um, or has at least signaled intent to look into blockchain. And they have gotten a lot of public pushback on that. Um, a lot of people have um, considered leaving the platform. Um, a lot of people have left the platform and gone to their competitors' And a lot of other people who would have normally been backing projects have just decided not to back NFT projects. I know people who have launched projects and have started losing subscriptions during their campaign because Kickstarter did a dog whistle to say that they might be interested in NFTs. So that is also, it may not be warranted, but that's also just the nature of the piece. There is a very negative market perception at least in from my seat within the digital creative space um around nfts around crypto
1: okay and and do you think it's because because if you have done any kind of reading um or following the news or you know around nft and crypto so if you're seeing all the scams that are happening and all um the 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 things that are taking place that are not it doesn't doesn't show this in a positive light what as i said you're gonna always have bad actors should that then be what what comes to define these platforms this is the thing you build a platform in your mind as a developer this is how the platform is supposed to work but you're not gonna really know until it's tested that it's used right Mm-hmm. And so now that people are using it and you're seeing all the things that you possibly missed and all the things that you probably didn't even uh, account for, and even if you did account for it, you didn't think it would be this dramatic or this extreme. So you, you, you're you going to need time to test the system and perfect the system as best as possible. So do you think it uh, enough time has been given to... Uh, this new process or system for it to be able to do that and address these issues?
0: That's an interesting question because w- you're basically asking me, is it fair that those platforms, that the platforms, that like crypto, has the negative um, conception that it has? And part of it, I personally, part of it is hyperbole, but a lot of it, is earned. And regardless of whether or not it's, you know, warranted, right? Eh, the market kind of has already spoken. So why is it that we need to make special allowances? Who is asking us to make special allowances for a technology that doesn't have or doesn't seem to have the mainstream appeal that people thought it would? Like, right. because that feels like a market question. And yeah, so it's
1: kind of a free market kind
0: of thing. It yeah. lives or it dies. Yeah, it lives or it dies. Like, At least that that's kind of where I land on it. Not all yeah. of it is warranted. Um, But, yeah, some of the scams and some of the things that people have taken advantage of are things that have been solved. They're not like new problems in systems, like right. in terms of security and authority and those things. They are built that way for a reason. So, when you actively go against them, or you actively build systems in such a way that disregards older lessons,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to, you just have to, you know, be prepared to take all the criticisms of it. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can appreciate that. Um, do you think, though, because so, you know it's out there that there's any nefarious activities going on, the secret shadow societies? that are working in tandem to bring down this revolutionary system for the people by the people can do you think that's that's a part of it?
0: I don't. If anything, I think that there are a number of people who are actively invested in it right now and in order to gain get returns on that investment, the technology and the platforms need to continue to grow adoption needs to continue to grow, so if anything, it's the opposite, um, mm-hmm. but I don't want to default to the general uh, pyramid scheme criticism, even though if you squint and look at it from a certain angle, it does kind of have that shape.
1: Mm-hmm. Question. In a conversation, I had uh, heard somebody say that blockchain is inevitable. This is just where the technology is going. This is what it's going to be. And we really just need to get on board. It may not be perfect in its current iteration, but it's getting there. You know, And it's an enabling certain systems and processes to be developed and come into play that would benefit persons, blah, 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 blah. Do you agree with that statement? That it, there's an inevitability to this system? or t- to this technology?
0: I find that statement weird because we don't apply that to any other technology or any other commercial endeavor. So why is it that we should apply it to this technology? Who's standing to benefit from it in that case? That's immediately what comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. And normally it's people who are saying that statement. So yes, there's uh. utility there. Cool. You can probably make some inroads into the industry and it would make sense if you are a, um, a, a tech person, a computer scientist, to at least be knowledgeable about the platform and the technology, so that you know, as technology changes, you can adapt quicker and you know, gain gain the benefits from from that. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: to say that it's inevitable sounds a bit. It sounds a little bit of um hyperbole, like right? yeah,
1: it's hyperbole. Yeah. Okay.
0: So like the things that are happening, the things that are happening. There are interesting things that are happening, and there's a lot of interest there. So be knowledgeable. But I wouldn't tell you that it is 110% the future.
1: How much percent would you say? <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I, I'd give you the nerd response and say only, only a Sith speaks in absolutes.
1: Mm, okay. What about the argument that, listen, there are people out here who are legitimate, legitimately making money and getting rich. <laughs> Off of blockchain and crypto, you know, being able to make a living or eco to living through NFTs and other Web3 platforms. Well, i say, yeah, I know that they exist. Um, I know that there are a couple of Caribbean
0: people who are making money off of crypto, mm-hmm. off of blockchain, and kudos to them. It's great that mm-hmm. they are able to sustain themselves in this interesting technology. Um, personally, I haven't seen anything that is particularly interesting to me, especially within my own niche um but I' just say more power to them pretty much it's more of a live and let it's more of a live and let live response i I kind of just speak my opinion on the technology in general um and keep it moving.
1: My thing is, but my thing is it's it's another way of trying to define the system, isn't it? It's like on the one hand you're saying that people don't really like this whole thing and because of all the bad things that are happening to it, it's 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 now being defined that way. But on the other hand, you have people who go, well, well there are people out here making money and you know, getting rich off this system and that's another way that they're defining this entire system. So it's a matter of people from the their own perspectives and based on what you know, they already believe about these things, defining the system in a way that either that benefits them. I think, because whether you're for or against, you're benefiting from that position in some way, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, I I think that's just another way of of I think that's just another you know, on the other end of the spectrum way of trying to define a system that I think at this point, none of us really have any idea what the fuck it is or 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 can be. I mean, we can speculate. We can speculate. But do we really even know? Do we really even know, period?
0: I mean, it's really just being knowledgeable and adapting as new information is um presented. That's really it.
1: Right, because technology evolve so much that you know something else might come up that makes the blockchain look like child's play you know what i mean something tomorrow or whenever something else may come up or you know Mm -hmm. some whatever and then we're on to that next big great thing that's kind of how i've seen technology being being played out i think the only thing i would say that's inevitable is technology (laughs) <laughs> that's the that's the only part of this that I say is inevitable we need to adapt because it's 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 just gonna accelerate and evolve um even more rapidly than it is it 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 has evolved over time, but I don't think any one platform is inevitable yeah pretty much pretty much yeah any final any 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 well before we go to any final words though mm-hmm. what would be your advice to persons uh, a creator an artist a musician whatever who who seriously thought about this whole crypto space and what it is and you know was considering kind of diving off into it uh, engaging in this space but they're confused about what this thing is and and how it really works we're not a digital culture we lack information and a lot of things and we tend to be users, not innovators in the space for the most part. So we're still trying to navigate our way around it. So what would you say to somebody, especially who's not in the tech space, you're you're an artist or a musician, you don't know nothing about this whole thing?
0: I mean the most I would say is that you should do your own research, look into the tech, figure out how it works, even if it's in, in the own in the simplest terms. Um since the space itself is so divisive, I'd say try and make an effort to hear from both sides, uh-huh. um, both your distractors and the persons who are really pushing it. All right. I know there are a couple of really long YouTube, um, uh, essays out right now that speak at length to the origins the functionality and the motivations behind a lot of the, um, crypto, um, pundits right now.
2: Uh-huh. Um, some
0: uh-huh. of them do, uh, Some of them do a better job than others than in trying not to be biased, to try to present information as is. Uh Uh, But I'd say make it a point to kind of learn both sides and then figure out exactly what it means for you as a creator and your audience. Um, Uh Is your audience for this? Are they actively interested in this? If so, it may make sense to dip into it. If they don't care at all, you can probably experiment like If they are actively against it, I would say don't touch it because you're trying to build your own brand as a creative, and that is more important than any short-term gains that you're going to get right then and there. Um, and one thing I would also be very careful of with crypto itself is that the space has kind of developed into this um, polarizing either you're for or you're against. So trying to be in the middle is actually pretty, pretty difficult. But... Uh-huh if you're going to make a jump into it understand that you might end up attracting a bunch of people who are actively for for the tech and that might drastically um change who is interacting with your content
1: yeah yeah that's, that's for sure yeah. because I've seen since Twitter, Twitter communities came out and Twitter spaces became a permanent thing most of the conversations I've seen are about NFTs or crypto or blockchain, I was like oh my god this is all we're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> these days and I certainly have gotten myself in problems with, with people on the platform um, who didn't take too kindly to some of my views but yeah, I totally appreciate that Um, in terms of the advice. The, the biggest problem is source, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that your source is credible
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that you are getting as unbiased information as you possibly can get because there are so many echo chambers that have, you know, uh, been created around these different things and as you said it's very polarizing everybody has taken a side and there's this camp and there's that camp and so getting unbiased objective sources Mm -hmm. um, is probably difficult these days because when you type something in google not because google throws it up as a response to your query means it's a credible source you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so there's also that exactly (laughs) that's also a major concern but Gwen I thank you so much for your time and uh, your very thought out (laughs) perspective and for sharing it because as we just said it's polarizing and it can get very difficult for persons who are you know not really wanting to take a side but they're really just watching and seeing what's happening Mm -hmm. Um, so I appreciate I appreciate you talking to me about this I I saw joy talking to you so wasn't hard hey guys thanks for listening to another episode of the digital jamaica podcast if you like the show be sure to rate and leave a review you'll be helping the show to reach more digital jamaicans like you who would benefit from the insights shared on this show If you're feeling the vibes, you can follow for more on Instagram at digital.jamaica or on Twitter at the Digital Jamaican. And of course, I'm always open to connecting and collaborating. So you can find me over on LinkedIn at Kadia Francis. Until next time, guys. Tech care.